Hello, and welcome to the only podcast of its kind on the internet for the Quantum Grammar Shoot. I'm your host, Colin Jason Heffy Matthew Colin Glass. And in this podcast, I'll talk about a wide variety of topics, which is just me sharing my opinion, mostly through the lens of the wonderful technology known as Correct Sentence Structure Communication Parsing Syntax Grammar, i.e. Quantum Grammar. Thanks for joining me. Hope you enjoy it. this edition of the podcast. I had a full day of consults, meetings, workshops, and I was pretty tired by the end of the day, actually, Um, talking with people all over the earth, teaching, explaining things, answering questions, this, that, and the third. And so, you know, I laid down, took a little nap. And then I got up and I was thinking. I was thinking about how grateful I am uh, to be in the position that I'm in. And I started thinking about the individuals with whom I met with today, most of them for the first time. And by meet, I mean video consultation, by video chat. You know, we see each other, we hear, hear each other. So it's basically like meeting. Not in person, uh, but you get a sense of who someone is by the way they act, their gestures, the way they conduct themselves. Um, Nothing beats an in-person meeting, of course, but this is the next best thing, especially in this internet age. It's uh, quite a, a wonderful tool to have to be able to actually get to know people and to get a good gauge of who and what they are. And so I was blessed to to have been in this position to be able to do this today and talk to so many people and learn a lot of things about their own personal stories, what they're going through, their trials and tribulations, why they want to learn quantum grammar or why they don't want to learn quantum grammar, so on and so forth. And it got me thinking, you know, also about the other individuals with whom I'm very grateful towards for me being in this position. First, you know, and foremost, of course, much, much gratitude goes and love goes to my wife, um, who definitely helped support me in this endeavor and enabled me to be in a position to study this grammar for a very long time, for a period of a year or more, for 12 hours a day or more, and You know, listening to the videos along with me repeatedly, repeatedly, and not saying a word about it. I think because she knew uh, that this was important to me and that there was something special about it. And so, first and foremost, my gratitude goes towards her. And then, of course, I have gratitude towards uh, my children who each and every one of them have taught me valuable lessons in life through one form or another about uh, unconditional love and the fact that when we say 
my children or our children. I don't literally mean my children because my is a possessive in this sense. And to think that the children are owned by someone is sort of a repulsive concept to me. So I use that in, in a loose, loose theoretical sense in that, no, they're not my children, meaning I don't own them because owning another human being is repulsive to me, but that I'm a steward of them to the best that I can be, but they are their own vessels. They are their own, they have their own thinking and they're going to go on their own paths. And we as parents try the best we can to steward them, to guide them, to give them correct uh, instruction on how to do what they're going to do in their lives. But ultimately, they have choices to make. And this is what happens to parents with children where maybe some parent will force a child to do something they don't want to do. And nine times out of ten, it does not turn out for the best for anybody. So I've definitely learned that hard lesson there. And the lessons ain't over. Also, I have to thank and be grateful to some of the friends that I've, I've uh, acquired during doing this, this grammar. I've acquired some friends, created some friendships, some trust counts. I've also created trust counts and friendships with people. Actually, let me put that another way. If this makes sense, I have created trust counts and created friendships with people, some of whom the trust counts still exist, but the friendship does not. Think about that for a moment. What I'm saying is, with two individuals, they have a friendship, and then all of a sudden they come to a disagreement about something where they, they're not correct with something, they're not in joinder with something, then they part ways and are not friends. They're not aboard that ship of friends anymore, that friendship anymore. But that does not mean that they void the honor and the grace. It does not mean that they violate confidentiality or trust. The trust remains in place. And much gratitude to those individuals out there whom I've broken bulk with or they've broken bulk with me. And yet we maintain the trust that we had when we began. And those deposits are still in there and they're safe. Because I know I can trust them to navigate with honor and grace and not maliciousness. It's like, you know, a lot of times in relationships... When people become close or they become friend, close friends or whatever, and then they have a falling out, all of a sudden, it's like all bets are off, all honor and grace are erased, and now it turns into a mudslinging contest and someone's trying to hurt the other person or bad-mouthing them. You won't find that. At least I hope you won't find that in these scenarios that I'm talking about because these individuals are honorable. And it's beneath them to do something like that. I'm 
sure that there's a a lot of people out there that are going to listen to that, the end of that last segment and they're not going to have a clue as to what I just said. They're not going to be able to relate to that at all because that's not how they navigate. I've had people that approached me as friends. They would email me and they would even call, go so far as to call me brother. Hey, brother, blah, 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 this, blah, 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 that. Hey, brother. And I could recognize right away what that was doing. They were basically trying to ingratiate themselves into a trust count with me. And when I pointed out some discrepancies in what they were claiming or, or we disagreed about some, then suddenly the next email was them cussing at me, using profanity, calling me names, threatening, threatening me with physical violence at military tribunals. And, and I'll just get it out in the open that I have only ever experienced that type of maliciousness and that type of vitriol from the type of people and the followers of Colin Russell hyphen J. Colin Gould. Much in the same way that he acts in some videos that are available to the public, if they're still up on the net, where he's yelling and screaming at the camera and cussing at the camera and cutting wrestling, pro wrestling promos and bad mouthing people and creating documents that are calling people trashy hyphen bitches and things like that. Well, a leader, a leader's qualities are reflected in their followers. And that's exactly how his followers act the same way. On the one hand, they're talking about love and light and raising your vibration. And on the other hand, they're calling people trashy, trashy bitches. So there are those out there as well. And they are not going to grasp anything <laughs> about what I'm trying to convey in this podcast, which I've sort of gotten off track. So I'm going to get back on track and get back to the gratitude. Speaking of Colin Russell hyphen J. Colin Gould, I do have gratitude in my heart for the man as the things that I learned from him in his videos prior to 2016, where he teaches postal mechanics, banking mechanics, uh, courtroom mechanics, and even a little bit of grammar. Not much, but a little bit of grammar here and there. Very grateful for what he's done to bring it to the public and sharing his uh, amusing and, and you know exciting stories with the world, as well as his mentor and his teacher, Colin hyphen, I'm sorry, Colin David hyphen Wynn Colin Miller, whom I was blessed to be in communication with the last year of his life through phone calls and text messages and Skypes and emails and things like that. Um, I'm very grateful for him for bringing this stuff to the public, bringing it to my attention. Of course, if he hadn't done that, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. Without him, I wouldn't be here. And so that is something I'm very grateful for. The knowledge that he brought to the forefront. I know from watching his videos and things like that, that I learned the how of things for the most part. Not complete closure, but I learned it in a general rudimentary sense, the how of things work, the way things work with this technology. But I didn't know the why. And I searched far and wide 
to find someone that could give me closure on this grammar. Because whether he was a busy man and, and then he just, you know, disappeared, passed away, sadly, he wasn't the one that was going to be able to give me closure. Um, Russell wasn't going to be one to give me closure. I had been in contact with him via email asking for names of members of, on his team and things that, like that. And for whatever reason, he was not willing to share those things with me. So I had to go out and find it myself. And luckily I did. Because I met Colin Raven, hyphen Farhad, hyphen Tohidi, Colin Afarin, who helped guide me to my own closure on the grammar. And you can see what I'm doing now with the grammar channel and teaching and all the videos I've created and the knowledge I've shared and all the hundreds of workshops that I've done. Thousands and thousands of hours of performance and study, document contract, postal vessel court venues, all these things, Raven helped guide me towards the closure of. Of course, he never handed anything out. He coaxed me to learn it myself, to surmount these challenges by myself. Even when I was ready to quit, felt that I couldn't learn it that I just wasn't getting anywhere. He wouldn't sugarcoat anything. He would just sort of be like, yeah, it is hard, okay. And then I wouldn't talk for a day or two and then I would reach back out to him and we'd start learning. I'd start learning the grammar again from him. Like he would give me that space. He would never say, you know, don't give up and don't quit. And he would also never say, yeah, quit. You're stupid. You're not going to make it. He would never do any of those things. He, he was such a great teacher that he basically permitted me to take my own learning curve and create it for myself. I learned at my own speed, at my own motivation. And he gave me his word that as long as I wanted to learn the grammar, as long as I wanted to learn that language, as long as I had questions about it, he would be there to answer them. And so far, you know, four or five years later, that remains true. That holds true. That's a trust count that we've had. We've developed a great friendship. We're brothers. And he remains, you know, the, wow, to use a fiction term, the foremost expert on this grammar. Uh, he knows it like no other. That's for sure. So since we're talking about gratitude and I've gone through pretty much a whole list of individuals that I'm very grateful to, I'm going to take it one step further and express my gratitude to the cosmos, express my gratitude to creator. Now, what do I mean when I say gratitude to the creator? Now, you're not going to hear me talking about giving thanks to God or worshiping or, or Lord and Savior or any mumbo-jumbo like that. That operates, in my mind, on an assumption, in a belief system. Belief is no contract. Assumptions are no contract. They're just opinions. I, to the best of my knowledge and ability, participate with facts. So I'm not going to participate with an assumption as a fact. What I will do is participate with logic. And logically, when I look around, 
at everything around me in this room right now, I don't see anything that wasn't created by something else. I have posed this question to people. Can you look around yourself and see anything that was not created by something else? Everything you see was created by something else. Is this true or is this not true? Now, myself included, this vessel, this physical vessel, or even this mental vessel, whatever it is, what created it? Not my parents. The parents definitely provided the raw materials for it. Uh, they provided protection for my vessel when, when I was carried in my mother. And she provided nutrition as I grew until I was birthed into the, the physically birthed into the now space. But she did not create me. Not in the same way that perhaps she would create a dinner. Take ingredients and say, you know, I want it to taste this way. I want it to look that way. Put a little bit of this seasoning in there. And it's going to come out exactly the way I want it to. Because I know the ingredients that I put in. I know how, exactly how to mix them. How long to mix them. So on and so forth. That's not what she did. She was a complete bystander. To my creation. I mean, it's not like she was saying, you know, I'm going to eat this so that, you know, Jason has brown hair. I'm going to eat that so that later on Jason will want to learn quantum grammar. You know, she didn't have that capacity to do that. No mother does that I know of. They're just vehicles. They're carriers. They're carriages for babies. And it's a great miracle. And it's a mysterious miracle. So there's a creator involved here, though. If you go by the logic that everything you see has been created, created by what? We don't know. And that's where people jump into an assumption. Because they don't have that answer, they choose to assume that it's some higher power that does this. I choose not to, to participate with that. However, I will thank the creator, meaning I don't know what that is or who that is. I just know that it is. How can I certify that with a continuance of the evidence? I just did through logic. Look around me and point, look around yourself and point to one thing that has not been created by something else. I doubt that you can do it. It's no different. Why would we be an exception? Something else created us. There's something creating things. So then the atheist will say, well, then who created the creator? That's an easy answer. Simple logic. What created a creator? Another creator. What created that creator? Another creator. <laughs> Creation is like a circle or like the figure eight of, of infinity. It's just a cycle. It's a circle. It's Creators create, creating creations by creators. It's that simple. It's that easy. And that logic works for me. And I don't have to pursue it any further. I don't have to have those answers. It's not critical to my now space to have that type of answer. It's enough for me to know that creators create creations 
created by creators who were created by creators and blah, 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 so on and so forth. It works for me. I don't need to worship anything. I don't need to violate the geometric level playing field. I don't have to bow down to a higher authority. I don't have to take jurisdiction over a lower authority. It doesn't, none of that has to happen. I maintain a geometric level playing field of contract, rule one, rule equal, and that's fine with me. And I'm still grateful to the creator, whatever, whoever that is, for sure. And people talk about the fiction court system, how, you know, all the symbology in, involved in that, the symbolism, the black robes, the uh, maritime looking courtrooms with the porthole windows, the different planes, everyone has, a, you know, the judge is always on the third plane and the gavel and all types of things like that. And the keyhole, sometimes it's on the roof, just like the keyhole in the Vatican at the Basilica, and all these different things. I mean, if you look at the, the courtroom layout and the, and the dresses and the way they do things, it's very similar to church, right? Um, a religious rite, R-I-T-E. A lot of the things, the language used in court, praying, begging, pleading, so on and so forth. Uh, <laughs> it's all rise, sit, stand. It's all very symbolic of believing in something. And of course, in just about every courtroom, there's an open Bible somewhere. That does not mean, or that does not give authority to anything. If you participate with their belief system, if you participate with that book that lies open, if you give authority to that individual in the black dress on the third plane, that's your choice. You're giving that to them. It doesn't mean that what they believe in actually exists. Perhaps it exists for them, but it does not have to exist for you. That's the, the key, I think. And that's why I think the word sensation is not in Black's Law Dictionary. Sense is not in Black Law Dictionary. You won't hear it in a courtroom. Not in legal terminology, not in legalese. Uh, I would, I would be greatly surprised if you could find me an attorney who went through their seven years or whatever it is of law school and they write up a, a, a court case that they use the word sensation or sense in it. I challenge you to find one. I doubt you will. And the reason is senses cannot be argued with. When used with rule one, rule equal, honor, grace, peace, neutrality, sensation cannot be argued with because it's firsthand knowledge. If I stub my toe against a wall and I scream, ow, oh, that hurts. <laughs> An individual can't come up to me and say, what are you screaming for? That doesn't hurt because you can't tell another individual what they're feeling what they're sensing through their port of sensation. That's a trespass, by the way. So that's why I think that's not allowed in the court, why they don't use it. Because it cannot be argued. And a courtroom is a place of argument. It's a place 
<clears throat> you've heard the term, you've heard the, the saying or something similar, no law or no fact shall be tried in court. This is exactly it. Because that's true. A court is a place of opinion. It's a place of argument. Because where there is opinion, there's going to be an argument. Where there's a lack of the facts, there's going to be an argument. There's going to be debate. Like in religion. That's why people argue about uh, biblical interpretation all the time. Why? Because there's no facts. It's opinion. It's interpretation. People argue about politics all the time. Why? Because there's no facts. It's all opinion, assumption, presumption. And a healthy dose of protagonist-centered morality, I might add. That's why sense and sensation, in, in my view, is not allowed in the courtroom. Because it cannot be argued with. And when you look at, at the published uh, papers from courts, you will see published judges' opinions it would literally say opinions. So, that's that. Uh, this is my podcast of gratitude. Just wanted to give a big thanks to everyone out there who's listening. I'd like to give a big thanks to all my students and uh, anyone who I've, I've learned from, anyone I've taught, all the people I mentioned, and anyone else on earth who's listening to this. I thank you for your listenership. If you're interested in correct sentence structure, communication, parsing, syntax, grammar, I'll go through the whole spiel. You can check out my YouTube channel. There's over 300 videos, www.youtube.com forward slash Jason Matthew Glass. The sum total of my correct sentence structure knowledge is on the YouTube channel for free for the public. I invested the thousands of hours in bringing that knowledge to you. It's contingent upon you to invest whatever you feel is necessary or that you're willing to invest in learning it. Or you can fast track your learning and apply for a private correct sentence structure workshop from me personally. The way to do that is to email me at jasonmatthewg17 at gmail.com. I will set up a 10 to 15 minute video consultation for you. I will provide the venue. You just have to show up and then we will vet each other, look at each other face to face, eye to eye and find out if this is uh, something you really want to do. So I'm more than happy to help those who truly and seriously want to learn this grammar because it is a beautiful thing. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time.